You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm back, back in the New York Back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. What is going on, Cranky? Grump, it is Cowboys Hate Week, and it's a lot better when you are tied for the conference lead with a two and zero record. So screw the Cowboys. Let's let's get let's get started. Now, this is your most hated rivalry in the division, right? You know, I don't know. I mean, Dallas and, and Philly are pretty much neck and neck. I mean, Cowboy fan, the, the North Jersey Cowboy fan, that, you know, the bandwagon one who couldn't tell you where Arlington, Texas was from, you know, a hole in the head. You know, they're, they're embarrassing. But Philly fan is just an awful specimen of a person, of human being. So, you know, I think it depends on who's better at that time. But uh, I hate both of them pretty equally. And the uh, the commandos have been so irrelevant for so long. The hell with them. Uh, so the the Cowboys game gets its own special episode away from all the other fanfare that we do around these episodes. Uh, no, it's just because it's going to be a Monday night game. So uh, we have some things we would like to address now, and then we can have a really up to date and accurate Monday morning episode for you to preview the game. That's get right. you ready. Um, but in the meantime, we still have some uh, other stuff to talk about. We have some Kenny Galladay news that just has to get discussed. It's a little bit of cleanup from you know earlier this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got some really really big news on the injury front as well. That's got to get talked about. We have a college weekend to talk about. Um, but first, let's kind of do. We're gonna do like a new thing now uh, with the way that the format is uh, for the. You know, just how quickly we can, you know, get these episodes out kind of there's always something that we miss uh, when we review these things pretty quickly. And we, we do a pretty good job, I think, of waiting a whole day and watching a bunch of stuff. But uh, to, to give a pretty accurate review episode, but we do miss some stuff. So this is going to be our new little segment upon further review. And it's just little things that we missed. Uh, and I actually have two things here. Um, the first is that we missed that my prediction was damn close. <laughs> I said that there was going to be an ugly game that would end Giants 20, Panthers 17. I got us an ugly game with Giants 19, Panthers 16. Yeah, I thought this segment was called Upon Further Review, not Toot My Own Horn. Well, we missed it. We didn't We didn't <laughs> acknowledge it. No. Um, really, upon further review, uh, we're a little bit harsh on my end on Daniel Jones. Uh, he just looked a different kind of uncomfortable, but he had a particularly good drive in the third quarter. I did mention the drive. I called it the adjustment drive. But really, upon further review, looking forward through the rest of uh, the game from there on out was a lot more uh, better decisions, a lot more comfort in the pocket. I had a lot less notes of him missing throws. There was a... This particular drive had a lot of really good throws in general. You know, a, a laser throw to Richie James that people people have already highlighted this throw on third and nine. 
where he kind of laced it right through like three or four defenders. Uh, but then he had a series of good throws following that, you know, against his body on a rope. Um, and then another strong throw over to Tanner Hudson on the sideline. I, I thought Daniel Jones actually did have a better second half than first half. I think I was just so thrown by the different kind of off that he looked in this game. Um, but, yeah, upon further review. There you go. Yeah, I mean, he's not the sole culprit why this team is 32nd in the league in passing after two games. Uh, so we can't dump everything on Daniel Jones, but uh, – the fact is, if this team is wants to be considered seriously for making a playoff run, they're going to have to generate more passing offense. And, you know, right now we have a collection of receivers that are meh. And we'll get into that in a little bit with Kenny Holiday discussion. We have, uh, you know, the interior of the line is not pass, pass blocking very much at all. And um, did you happen to see Grump watching the... Um, watching the Monday night game? There was, you know, Head & Shoulders has a commercial... And what they do is they they have little segments from like the previous week's game. Like remember Alcoa presents fantastic finishes. Well, they have something here where they're talking about um, good protection. And they talked about the Giant game against Tennessee. And, and I think they said something to the effect of, you know, the Giants with Mark Lewinsky and John Feliciano providing great protection. And I, I literally almost snorted out the Coke I was drinking out of my nose when I heard that. How hilarious and just tone deaf that was. But, you know, the bottom line is, you know, this passing offense has to get better. But to your point, it's not all on Daniel Jones. And he's making incremental improvements on, on little things on the margins. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. Um, I think I just, I, I think I downplayed uh, a lot of his second half play. Uh, whatever. Um, Going into you, you hinted forward at Kenny Galladay, and uh, that's got to get talked about here. So, I guess the full context we already covered. Kenny Galladay was told as early as last Wednesday that he would not really be playing in this game. I he had two snaps in the game on Sunday. He was quote a professional about it. No one else knew. Uh, apparently, some players didn't even know that he wasn't going to be playing in that game very much. Um, and he finally spoke to the media about it on Wednesday this week. And uh, he was pretty candid about it, saying things like, you know, it is what it is. I'm not here to be friends with coaches. It's a business. You know, it's a job, that kind of thing. But there was one thing that he said that kind of stuck out to me as, I don't know, I guess noteworthy was that he said, I should be playing regardless. I don't regardless of what i don't know about that man you shouldn't be playing regardless why should you be playing regardless uh, if you're if you're not playing better than anybody then you shouldn't be playing regardless of what well i don't want to parse break these things down by every single word that's said you no, know no i don't either but I, you know i think there is some level of okay so i guess to complete this story whatever that that little bit stuck out at me whatever but to complete this story i guess it's sort of being framed now by media members that he is hustling a little bit harder in practice brian daybold seemed to be acknowledging that he is hustling harder this is kind of a all they can do really is nudge him they're kind of strapped by his contract for this year so they can either and, sit him or nudge him so and that's exactly what i said on the earlier this week's show i said well maybe this is like a last 
ditch attempt to motivate the guy into trying harder and being more, you know, proactive in trying to get playing time. I mean, there's obviously there's some sort of friction between him and the coaching staff because, you know, from a talent standpoint alone, he's got more talent than those other guys do. I mean, I don't think Kenny Stills is ever going to be in line to be offered the amount of money that Kenny Galladay was. And that regardless comment might have been, you know, again, this is conjecture, but might have been just regardless of what the coaches feel about me or our personalities, because there seems to be some evidence that personality decisions make impacts on personnel on this team. And maybe he's fallen victim to that same, you know, issue. I don't know if you even want to call it an issue or not, but the same thing that caused a guy like, you know, uh, Martinez not to be here anymore. So I think that's might have would have been for it. But, you know, I think that now I, I, he's fallen to that unfortunate situation where, you know, the narrative about Kenny Galladay is that when he said those comments, it became categorized as, well, he's just chirping and he's complaining and he's not, you know, he's digging a bigger hole for himself. And that I completely disagree. Um, I gave the uh, coaching staff a star for, you know, if he's truly not the best player, he should be sitting and setting a new culture. But, you know, this is the guy that we first we complained on Sunday or people noted that he cleared out his locker and was gone before the media was here. Now we're complaining when he actually stands and talks to the media. I mean, if fans and certain media members have it out for him, you know, it's like pissing in the wind. You're always going to be you're, you're you're facing uphill the entire time. So, you know, he stood up there. You know, when you get surrounded at your locker and you answer questions that are asked of you honestly and they weren't, you know, they weren't mean-spirited, they weren't disrespectful, he said, yeah, I think I should be playing. When, when asked a direct question. So let's, you know, when you hear these things, just because you have a narrative in your head that you want to follow along with, let's take what he's actually saying at, at face value. And, you know, what would you do if you were someone that was getting paid a lot of money because of your reputation, you know, and your past performance and you're not being played and you feel like you're better than, you know, the other guy. And these guys all do because they're all professional athletes. And, uh, you know, hopefully this, we need him. I mean, he's a good receiver. He has a skill set that, you know, even if the system isn't right for him, it's up to the coaching staff to tweak it while they have this guy still on the team. He'll be gone soon enough. But for now, it seems silly that you can't utilize him in some way. So I think this still has to play out. I still think there's a role for him on this team. I think we'll see him on the field at some point. Just has to be the right time, I guess. Yeah, I don't have any... I don't really have an issue with him being pissed off that he's not playing. I have no issue with that. In fact, I think that's kind of the whole point is uh, right. to get him mad. Uh, I, I understand that. And, and I'm the one who is yeah, – I'm, I'm over here defending Daniel Jones a little bit because he's not really throwing to anybody. Right. we're actively sitting very talented players. You know, actually, we're, we're sitting a lot of money is what we're sitting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so – I agree with all that. I think the one thing that that I, I don't know, it's just I, I agree with you. We should not be sitting here mincing apart each word individually. But I, I don't know. The word "regardless" just struck out at me. Is like, no, it's not regardless. Don't miss the point here. Like, 
you're not playing probably because you're not showing anything in practice. You haven't shown anything in any of the preseason games. There is a reason you're not playing, um, and he knows it. There's no way the coaches just told him, like, oh, we're, we're just sitting you this week. Uh, no, not gonna, I mean— Not going to tell you why, but, you know, it's a secret. They told Logan Ryan to hit the bricks, and they told uh, Blake Martinez to hit the bricks. They can't yeah, tell him Logan to hit the bricks Ryan, because it was— Logan Ryan was not even brought into, really, the facility at that point. Okay, but but um, Blake Martinez was, and the only reason that he's still on the team now is because of the salary. So they're doing yeah, what they yeah. can. So I, I don't. I think that regardless, I, I again, I took it a little bit more as you know, regardless of what you think of me, Maybe, or regard. Yeah. Yeah, and you so. know what? To 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 be fair, I, I all I have is the quote. I don't have the actual mm-hmm. video, so I really don't didn't want to dissect the whole thing. It right. just was in all of the responses that were pretty much just your standard, what you'd expect, whatever. Uh, that that one stuck out for that one. It really didn't mean to uh, highlight it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, other news, uh, I guess. Um, the only other real noteworthy Giants news that I can find really is uh, injury front. A lot of stuff on the injury front. Um, obviously, they were able to scheme around not having Aaron Robinson last week. It looks like they're probably going to have to do that again. Um, it's just the nature of surgery, not really the fact that it was an appendix or anything else. It just takes time to heal an incision that big mm-hmm. uh, to be ready to hit other humans at 100 miles an hour. And take it from me, who's had, you know, the appendix removed. It's pretty amazing how the thought he might even that he could possibly play this week so quickly after is pretty remarkable. Because it took me, I played, you know, baseball in high school, and I almost missed the entire, I missed the entire season because I couldn't play because of it. Now, granted, I'm kind of a puss and not a world class athlete, but um, you know, we're talking about something that just happened, what, seven, eight days ago. What, has it's pretty it quick. Been that long. Yeah, I guess it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it's looking like Leonard Williams might miss the first game of his career. Um, left halfway through the game last week with an MCL sprain to his knee. Um, I don't believe he's practiced yet this week. I would be really surprised if he played in any capacity. It's a bummer, too. It's a game we could really use him in. Tough break. I mean, you know, again, for all the heroics with Cooper uh, – Cooper Rogers, it's still a backup, and you have to think that they they're going to dumb down the playbook a little bit, and rely on the on the running game more, and having Leonard Williams in the middle would be a huge asset that we're not going to have this week. Um, and I don't really know. It's it's still looking like Wandale Robinson not coming back from that knee injury this week. I don't think he's practiced yet either, but I do believe he's coming along. If it's not this week, I think it might be next week for him. What, what was his injury again? Was it MCL as well? I don't know if we ever got like the specifics of it just being like a weird knee injury, and I couldn't even tell you the play in which it happened in Tennessee. Uh, he just kind of got he kind of fell weird or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of I know it's a little apples and oranges, but I I thought I saw somewhere it was an MCL for him, like an MCL sprain. You know, and, and then trying to kind of say, well, if he's been out for a couple of weeks now, there's pretty difficult to expect that Leonard Williams would be back so quickly, too. But again, it's little apples and oranges. Yeah. Um, Dane Belton is limited, I think, only be, uh, some kind of hit he took, but otherwise is continuing to be all the way back, it looks like. 
Uh, new addition to the limited list are three players. John Feliciano having some kind of leg issue. Uh, hopefully he's full go. I don't know what more we could take as far as hits on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, but Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, officially limited in practice this week so far. Um, it would be really cool if we could see both of them on Monday <laughs> night. You know, again, with a, with a backup quarterback, the best thing you could do is put pressure on him. And, you know, if those are our two... Pass rushers, you'd love to have them in there, or at least one of them in there. But again, it's only week three. I don't know if I, and I understand that it's a division game. I understand it's Monday night. I understand everybody's in playoff mode, but we are not even a quarter way through the season yet, especially with a guy like uh, Tibbs, who is, uh, you know, the, fran- the future franchise of this defense. So, you know, if they are only at X percent and not really ready to play, Hold them out till next week. I'm just so excited to see. Like, I've been so happy with the defense and what they've been able to do so far. Uh, I just really want to see what it looks like with, like, a legitimate pass rush just coming from the front guys. And, like, Tibbs and Aziz are both guys that can, like, drop back into coverage on weird disguised looks. I mean, Wink has people, like, Dexter Lawrence dropping into coverage randomly on plays like that. So you know that they're going to do that. But they're such – I mean, like, Kayvon did it at uh, Oregon. I'm pretty sure Aziz did it too um, at Georgia. But it just adds so many more dimensions to a defense that is already exciting and fun to watch. Sure, um, yeah. And it would just be really, really cool uh, to have it happen on the whiteout night. So here's the thing. Let's talk about this really quick. Sure. Um, this will be like kind of the last thing before we go into weekend stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Dable has sent an email out to all these season ticket holders uh, calling, oh, first of all, thanking and congratulating Giants fans for bringing energy last week, which they got a star from me. Mm-hmm. Um, Giants fans lately have not been very loud at home. Um, but then asking all of us to wear white and white out the stadium. I think we're going to be seeing towels again. We got towels last week for the home opener. I lost mine or something. I have no idea. I don't even know if I grabbed one, to be honest with you. Um, What are your thoughts on a whiteout? I think we might have talked about this once briefly. I don't think ever on the show, though. I am 100% for it. And here's my reasoning goes back I again you guys all know I am a disciple of Steve Spurrier and he believes in mind games and the Dallas Cowboys always want to wear white they always wear white at home they almost always wear white on the road it's kind of like how LSU always wears white Um, you do little things to irritate your opponent and you know something if they for some reason don't like wearing blue Fuck them. Wear your whites. White out the stadium. Um, it in the end of the it means absolutely nothing as far as what's going to go on in the field. But you know something, anything you can do to kind of poke or disrespect quote unquote America's team, I'm all for it. So I think it's great. I think it's genius. Um, you know the color rush uniforms. I, I'm not the greatest fan of going back to those 80s uniforms. I love our uniforms now, but I think in the situation, 
I, I'm very comfortable with it, and I'll be wearing my throwback white jersey, uh, my Eli jersey for the game. I'll be in my Eli jersey as well. I love this shit. Uh, I think this is cool. I think anything uh, – I think, first of all, that this is brilliant, um, important but not coaching-related stuff that Brian Dable, Joe Shane have done since they came here. They were – very actively involved in the Rangers playoff run. Uh, they were very public about it. Um, mm-hmm. Always seen talking about that kind of thing. You know, whatever. Just little things to kind of really cornerstone themselves in the market here, uh, whatever. And this is this is kind of like a big Penn State thing. Um, Penn State is a big school in this area. There is no, like, real local to this area college. Saquon went to Penn State. Saquon went to Penn State. You know what I mean? I mean, and in general – yeah, whatever. Um, but I, I think this is perfect. This is great. I think Giants fans need this. I think it's a little risky. I mean, I don't know. Monday night crowds at MetLife are really whack. They're like the wackest cl- crowds that there are. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, in our section in 124, there is, what, uh, eight of us who sit together, ten of us in our in our row? And we'll be the only two people that will be there Monday night. The other guys, you know, for whatever reasons, um, they sell their tickets to primetime games. And, you know, that's that's their right to do. But in its place. But they're not you, alone. You're not singling anybody. Oh, out of here. course that not. Is, no, no, no. That no, is I'm just the theme here. That's the theme, right. And in its place, you're not going to get fellow Giant fan who's been following the team for 30, 40 years and has all the nuance that those guys do. You're going to get either – meathead giant fan who's just looking to get really wasted and act like an a-hole or worse you're going to get tony soprano cowboy fan with the thick jersey accent who's a bigger a-hole so you get that weird vibe in the stadium you get obnoxious cowboy bandwagoner fan you get the 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 giant fan who's just looking to pick fights and it's just it's a it's not that it's not like going to a game like kansas city on a monday night where it's the communal event where you know, the whole city's rallying around it, and they it's a place to be in that town. So it's, you know, home field advantage definitely drops a couple of notches in here relative to other places for the Monday night game. I think also there's a whole lot of third quarter, third quarter uh, departures. Is people like, you know, sure. got, up, got up early for work Monday morning, got to get up early for it. It's just whack. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but if I'm paying money to go to something and have a good time, I'm I, I the price I'm really paying is just being tired tomorrow. Well, yeah. So well, I remember the too, whole time. Like, you are also a real giant fan, and you are a a football fan. I mean, it's just a philosophy. But, I'm, if I'm going, but a lot of these morons the are just there. A lot of these morons are just there just to say they were there, get their Instagram pictures up. You know, run their mouths, get really hammered, and then just whenever they're done, they're done. They're not they're not worried about the score. They're not worried about all this other stuff. They're just, you know, they're just there because it's a it's a a different kind of thing, unlike what the Kansas City crowd, for example, or Buffalo crowd would be like. So, do you think it's gonna work? I think so. I think they, you know, the word got out very quickly. We got that email from the Giants Monday. It's been something that's been. It made its way around social media really quickly. I know all the other shows have been talking about it. We're talking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great because this fan base has been very disconnected from this team over the last decade. You know, the ownership has done nothing to endear itself 
you know, this fan base hated Dave Gettleman. They didn't like, you know, the Joe Judge, you know, theatrics that he had and everything. The free Pepsi at the end of the season was a real F you to the fans after having to endure a bad season. And anything that this organization can do that kind of bridge that gap between fan and team helps. And, you know, the email might have been a, a form letter written by somebody and Dable signed it. He might have wrote it himself. Who knows? But they are trying at least to, you know, get the fans re-energized and involved. You know, winning cures a lot of things, but doesn't cure everything. And it's a great way to help build goodwill. And I applaud. I give him a star for it. A pregame star. I think it's I think it's risky with the crowd at hand, but I'm glad they're doing it. I'm excited. What's the risk? What's what's the worst that can happen? Well, there is no. I mean, it 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 would be embarrassing if uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, think about a whiteout game. I I don't know. But remember, it's not that risky. It doesn't do anything. Let's let's say there's forty percent cowboy fans, right? Worst case scenario, who are in the building, ninety percent of those cowboy fans are wearing white jerseys. So. No, it that's not. That's not what I, I mean. It would just be, it's a risky game to do it with a risky crowd. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think we match up all that well. Um, it's one of our weaker crowds generally. Well, we, we bo- but we both agree that it has absolutely no impact on the game. No, itself. it has no impact on. Yeah, that's why, so that's there's why no I, the risk. I, no, there was no risk on the game, dude. I just meant is risky for embarrassment. Embarrassing, but how? Embarrassing what? Because it's embarrassing to call for a, a whiteout game to try and do a move like that and then just get the shit kicked out of you. Would just and then and also the crowd sucks. I mean, it's just it. Well, in, in that an case, easy then, thing to make fun of. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. The scoreboard matters. I, if, if right, I mean, it it's would also be embarrassing if nobody showed up at all and you still kick the shit out of the other. Well, team it's also risky too, like doing like Ring of Honor in a game like that, also. Yeah, will you will you endured all that shit already? And then yeah, you've lost I mean, for every Ring of Honor inductee in the last like three years. Yeah, I mean, end of the day, what happens on the field is the important story. And if this team gets the shit kicked out of them, the bigger story is going to be much more about, okay, two and zero is a paper, you know, paper wins, and you know they're a paper tiger and stuff. I, the embarrassment of a whiteout's not going to be. That's so far down the the ledger. I think of. Yeah, I know, but you you coming from the college world of bullshit bullshits, like all the dumb little headlines and stories and little school to school matchup things throughout the week, have to understand the nudging you get when you get embarrassed. Right, but that's and, college. And pull a maneuver like that. Right. No, it's, it's, embarrassment's embarrassment. I don't care about. It. I, I think I'm, it'd be at absolutely... the end of the day for both college NFL. The only thing that matters is what's on the field, but. It's it's embarrassment is embarrassment. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think there'd be none. I I, I think would uh, I don't think there'd be any. I don't think. Let's put it this way. I don't think like first take or any of the hot take shows or. No. I don't. I don't think even like the back page of the post would be something like. Whited it out if they get their asses kicked or something. I I I. You really don't, think don't think so? so. No. I I think you just wrote it for them. They're, they're ha- <laughs> I think they've got that one on deck already. <laughs> I think that absolutely would happen. But, even but, if it but I'm not. I'm never going to be embarrassed by a fucking New York Post thing anyway. So. Right, right. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I think embarrassment is, is it's really strong for potential. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think what is a weaker word? Nudged. Ugh, I, I think I think you're you're overblowing my my statement. 
<laughs> yeah. All right, Philly at Washington, one o'clock. Is this is we agree? This is Philly all the way, right? Philly all the way. Uh, Washington, are they just are they cooked? Is Ron Rivera done? It feels like it, doesn't it? Like it seems like you know when when you know something eventually is going to happen, and as opposed to something really quickly like a Joe Judge situation, but this is something that just seems like it's ultimately going to end up in a firing, whether it's three weeks from now or the end of the season. It's, it definitely feels like the uh, the end is coming to this guy. Yeah, I, I don't mean to say that after just like three losses, whatever. Like um, as I, after, as I, after as a couple I already years. write this into history, I say it already. It's three losses. It but <laughs> Remember, like, but they I, made the playoffs. The only time is because Philly tanked. Yeah, against us. So I mean, they can they can hang that banner all they want, but you know we know we always talk about the Giants. They might have made the playoffs, but not a playoff team. Same with Washington that year too. So, and it's, weird it's been a bad like, division. It's, it, but I mean, I don't know. It's just been a tough go for Ron Rivera. They haven't really been good, uh, mm-hmm. and and also over time, it's not like the Daniel Snyder like allegations or bad stories have stopped. It's not like they've increased either. It's just been there's still more. It just keeps right. happening. Right. So it's just like nothing really good has come. Uh, I I don't know. It'd be interesting to see me, how long. Let me ask a know. quick question about Washington. And I don't, don't know if you've been following this or not, or if you have an even opinion on it. But uh, the Phoenix Suns had a long, long investigation about their owner, and they found that you know a lot of sexual mis like, uh, misconduct, a hostile work environment, blah blah, all this stuff. And it turned out he was suspended for a year and pressure was applied on him. And he announced this week that he's finally selling the Suns. Do you see, do you, do you see Snyder actually selling this team because of all the stuff that's going on with him? Or you think he's just going to hold out until the, the bitter, bitter end? Like he's kind of a Teflon owner. Cause it's a similar situation. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I know comparing the NBA and the NFL for like, um, I don't know, morality things like that uh, is like th- they operate on two different levels. Like the NBA is very quick to, you know, react. They're more to, progressive. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, and I wa- I've been wondering for a long time if Daniel Snyder was just trying to increase the value of the team before selling it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just to get the most out of it. But you know, and he's might still be doing that but like the way he dicks around with like just not paying for the stadium and shit like that i just don't know i have no idea what that man wants yeah i mean like i just don't get it i don't know what it is he he, here he is sitting on a thing that he could sell for money i can't even put into words um and And he won't (laughs) i think the other thing too is that the nba the players are very vocal about causes you know whether it's Black Lives Matter or, you know, in this case, LeBron James spoke out and Chris Paul spoke out. Who in the NFL really from the player side is that voice? I mean, the only person that was really like that hasn't been in the league now for eight years and was basically shunned by the uh, by the owners on Kaepernick. So I don't know if you have. Uh, I mean, Richard Sherman kind of. He's not in the league anymore. Okay, he's been out for a year now. Right. But I mean, it's still, you know. A player having that I get voice. what you're saying. I'm yeah, just, yeah. So um, I think that having the pressure coming from the players as well slows that process down of having a change for something like that. But at the end of the day, you know, the NFL is all about business and money. And as long as, I guess, 
sponsors don't pull out of a team like Washington, he's going to stay there. Um, let's move it to college. Yes. College weekend. Um, yes. I am going to be watching the noon game. I'm going to be watching lots of games. There's lots of good games to watch, including things like Wisconsin, Ohio State. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be watching. That's certainly one I'm going to check out. But it's not the one I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about a noon game between Clemson and Wake Forest uh, because – you know, I am really excited to do like these like college weekend things and, um, you know, get into it and talk about the stuff as it goes throughout the year and not just during draft time. But the first couple of weeks, not really even watching matchups. It's like a demo of skill players. Uh, so this is the first time that Clemson is playing a real opponent, really. And Wake Forest, same. Uh, well, I think I think Wake Forest already played Vanderbilt, which is kind of a kind of a real opponent for uh they're a member of a power five uh conference and that's how they are a little better they have a little different offense this year but uh but yeah but i mean like it's not a directional school it, for sure. like you said for for starters it's a power five school right um which is already uh over most other teams but uh so these right. two will be playing each other um there's a wide receiver for wake forest that i really like at perry a 6'5 205 pound junior He's a former basketball player and a long jumper. So those are traits you can obviously see on film. He also had a huge performance against Vanderbilt, five catches for a touchdown and 142 yards. And that was against the legit opponent that they played. So interested to see him against Clemson, who has two defenders that I think a lot of people really like. Brian Breesey, 6'5", 305-pound redshirt sophomore defensive tackle. And 6'5", 275-pound junior defensive end, Miles Murphy. Uh, both of those already have a sack already. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a really fun afternoon game to watch where I can kind of sit there with my beer and breakfast and feed <laughs> up and just take some notes while I watch. Uh, you're going to be watching other stuff, right? Yeah, first of all, I can't wait to see that uh, that picture on the uh, on the gram of you uh, Oh yeah, I'll, in your uh, Giants pajamas and your if beer. I remember, and... yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see that one. Uh, I'll be getting on a plane tomorrow, headed down to Knoxville, Tennessee, to see Florida, Tennessee. Um, we won't have any Anthony, Anthony Richardson comments this week. I think uh, the record speaks for itself that he's much more of a project. I think of, you know, he's got to get his mechanics and more importantly his head figured out before we have any discussions about the next level. You know, but we'll leave that for now. Um, what I want to see is I want to see Tennessee's quarterback, Hendon Hooker. Um, Hendon Hooker is a 6'4", 218-pound guy. He's 24 years old. Um, he's a six-year super senior. Uh, remember, when COVID happened in 2020, everybody got an additional year of eligibility. Um, he originally signed with Virginia Tech, transferred to Tennessee. This is his second year of starting. They had a guy, uh, Joe Milton, from Michigan, who transferred over, but he beat him out early last year. Um, I was at the game last year down in Gainesville. Um, they had a couple of uh, long pass plays, but other than that, the offense was kind of sputtery. Um, he has a quick release. Um, he's accurate on short and intermediate passes. His deep ball isn't very accurate. Um, and also, when he rolls out, he's not very ac not as accurate either. Um, the other thing it's tough to judge with a guy like that is Tennessee runs that super up-tempo offense. Um, their coach, uh, Josh Heupel was from, uh, uh, UCF 
And if you remember when they won their self-proclaimed national title, they were the team that would hike the ball every six seconds max. And they do that at Tennessee now. So while it might be effective, you know, against college teams, it's not an easy read or indicator of, you know, NFL teams don't do that. So it's a different kind of skill set. So it'd be interesting to see how he translates to the NFL game. But I want to see at that game, I want to see his decision-making. I want to see, you know, some more of the accuracy, you know, midfield, downfield. Hopefully he's not accurate on Saturday, but, uh, you know, those are things I'm looking at because he's one of those guys, you know, kind of, you know, in that mix of SEC quarterbacks that is all over the map for um, on, on the draft board for this year. Yeah, I think I think guys like him tend to be um, previewed him earlier um, in the year. I think coming off of the coming off of the draft, so like in the spring, I think I previewed him. Okay. Um, so yeah, definitely going to be fun to watch him. I'm still interested in watching Anthony Richardson develop. Uh, I, I really oh. like his his traits. I mean, for me, uh, Florida just on offense, there's not a whole lot. Uh, that I'm really keying in on. But more than anything, I think coming out of Florida this year, the guy I'm just continually looking at, anytime I watch, is going to be Osiris Torrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, right guard has just been a monster. Um, and it's, quite frankly, something that the Giants need. So um, yeah, that's going um, to be my, my real fun Saturday. I talked about him before the first game of the season, and their run blocking has been fantastic. Uh you know, they're sealing the edges. They're getting nice gaps, nice holes. These guys have huge lanes to run in. Um, quite frankly, if they passed 10 times a game, they probably would beat 70% of the teams they play, even some low and mid-tier SEC teams because of the offensive line and, you know, this um, you know trio of running backs they have. Uh, you know, I don't want to do too much Florida, you know, analysis for this show because, quite frankly, you know, some of the best guys they have are underclassmen and freshmen. And so there's no point in talking about them for the draft, but Torrance is definitely a guy, you know, watching him week in and week out and seeing how he's sealing his guy and, you know, flattening people is, you know, a, a definite bright spot on this team. And, you know, a highlight to watch going forward, no matter who Florida is playing going forward. That's right. So that's going to be our Saturdays. And then Sunday, we're going to be sitting around watching football. We will record our episode Sunday night to give you the, most up-to-date possible episode ready for you on your Monday morning uh, work day uh, and amp you guys up for that Monday night showdown on ESPN, which they'll remind you every seconds <laughs> what channel you are currently watching and what to find on that channel every day of the week going forward. Let me ask you one question, Grump. Um, you know, Obviously, we're going to be there, but if you had to watch this game on TV, would you – be watching the Buck and Aikman broadcast, or would you watch the Manning cast? Um, I would. I want to say like, I'd probably watch the the Buck Aikman one only because it's my team, and I I just need the straightforward like whatever you know what I mean. Like I Agreed. just need to know what the hell just happened. I don't have. The Manning cast is far more entertaining. It's more, far more valuable information most of the time. Uh, but I, I'm just – I'm too emotionally involved in that game to be dealing with, like, their hijinks and yeah, whatever. Like, uh, I agree. It, it's perfect for just – like, Steeler Brown's night. I'm not that – you know, whatever. I'm watching it. But 
I would that little side like it's almost like they're perfect for a baseball broadcast where your mind kind of wavers and there you can watch along and it's not so every play needs to be dissected and analyzed. So I, I'm with you 100. percent Um, all right. So we will see you guys next on Monday morning, and then uh, hopefully we'll be hanging out with you Monday night, and then we'll see you all again. I don't know if we'll have we won't have one Tuesday morning. It's probably going to be a Wednesday morning. Episode, probably though. yeah. Good thing that. If you're going to the game, you know, it's uh, at L17. I believe uh, Kennewick Diner is uh, sponsoring it, so it'll be a big spread oh, there. Shit. So That's right, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, you know, we're trying to have a nice turnout for that. So come on by. So, so the next time we'll see you is Monday morning and hopefully Monday night. And until then, go Giants. Go Giants.